This podcast is brought to you by Brave New Coin, BNC, powering blockchain finance. You're a pioneer in the wild west of crypto where chaos rules. You staked your claim in the market. Now it's time to put your investments to work. Brave New Coin tracks thousands of coins from hundreds of exchanges around the clock, bringing order to the chaos with expert insights, price analysis, and the most comprehensive market data on the planet to help you make better trading decisions. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. This podcast is brought to you by Brave New Coin, BNC, powering blockchain finance. There's an overwhelming amount of blockchain data, thousands of coins and tokens trading on hundreds of exchanges, operating 24-7, 365 days a year. Crypto never sleeps. How do you make sense and find profitable opportunities in the sea of chaos? Brave New Coin has been organizing, cleansing, and classifying crypto data since 2014, with historical market data all the way back to Mt. Gox. We produce actionable insights for traders and custom market data solutions for enterprise as well. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest is Ariel Pellet, the CTO and founder of Doc Authority. So Ariel, thank you for coming and how are you doing today? So I'm good and thank you for having me, Richard. Yeah. Well, tell me about Doc Authority. I, you know, it means document authority, I'm sure. Uh, what's the premise of the company? So yeah, the basis is a documents and the background that I have. Uh, my first company was Port Authority. It was the first uh, uh, DLP company in the market uh, in 2001, which I had with another partner uh, at the time. It was again co-founder CTO, and I started understanding data for information security at that time. And uh, it was the first DLP solution, which was later sold to to Forcepoint. Uh, and even back then, the biggest problem was understanding what data you have and what kind of policy to put on your data. And that's a big challenge for DLP even today. And it's a challenge for anything that is uh, data-centric for information security, either that being encryption, access governance, retention, and so forth. So what we're doing in Doc Authority is creating automatically an inventory list of all of the organizational data with the accuracy of 9999 and then creating a data map, which becomes much easier for the organization to manage the data and to align that with security controls that are in sync with how business uses data. Okay, so what what, um, what are some specifics on scenarios where uh, this would be applicable? For example, if we need to manage our data retention, let's say for, for GDPR or perhaps CCPA, then first and foremost, we need to understand what data we have and then understand for how long do we can we keep that. Uh, for example, if we're looking at employment agreements, uh, then in the U.S., we do have different states with different rules. In the U.K., for example, that you have to keep that data for six years after the employee have left the company, but afterwards you have to delete that, and which is similar in California but different in other states. If you're looking at employee valuations, that's not regulated in terms of retention, so you might keep it for five, maybe 10 years, and after that, you have to delete it regardless. So data retention is one of them. Another one is going to be classification for sensitivity. Today, 
we let the end users classify data. And unfortunately, they are not consistent with their classification as information security is not their expertise. So one employee could set some kind of a document to be top secret, while the other would think, you know, that's uh, even perhaps public. So that kind of variation lends the classification being very uh, inconsistent and ineffective. And so that is something that we are able to help to help the organization to have a consistent classification on a per data category. Mm. This is also something that Data recommends. So would you would you hire someone like <clears throat> ex Secretary of State Hillary Clinton to help you with the uh, the classification of documents because she's such an expert <laughs> on it? <laughs> Bad joke. But... <laughs> that's, that's a very challenging question. Another interesting scenario would be, for example, DLP. Now, today, DLP is very limited in most uh, applications and installations, as it's very much limited to uh, to regular expressions, credit card numbers, social security numbers. That's very limiting the value that DLP can, can bring you. But if we are looking at the data and we see this is financial data, then only the authorized use would be to share that with the external auditors, somebody like PwC or Deloitte, and then we'll make sure that the data doesn't leak prematurely and then we might have issues with the SEC. So what are some simple methods that you've come up with to help uh, with document classification and security, network security, for instance? So the biggest challenge today that organizations are struggling with is that IT or information security and the business might have different opinions about the data. And for example, a survey, a very recent survey by uh, Larry Poneman has identified that people within information security undervaluate business data such as corporate IP or R&D data, as well as financial data, and give overly high value to regulated data such as PII. So they might be investing too much in protecting PII and other investing in protecting the core IP and the financial data of the organization. And we will help them to understand, for example, one of the things that we help is based on the research of Larry Poneman at his institute, is to understand what is the financial value of data. So they not only can focus on the high risk, high value data, but also can show management what is the potential damage within a leak and how they can, through employment of security tools, reduce that impact. So they can actually show very clear return on investment for the CFO by putting the tools into work. And that is something that is really impossible to do today. Well, how are organizations handling data right now? How badly are they doing it? And what are some of the major missteps that they make? So the problem today that is the most security decisions are to the end without the end user having the knowledge or, or the expertise or training how to do the problem. What we do is we categorical decision, not on a file basis, but a large organization can have billions of files. End users never them. We categorize them into business groups such as employment agreements, offer letters, balance sheets, uh, PLs, uh, invoices, uh, quotes, board meeting minutes and the like. Now, based on that kind of grouping, the end, the, the, the domain expertise, uh, somebody within, let's say, the HR department who understands what's the meaning of the data can very clearly say, how long do we need to keep that kind of category? How long do we need to keep the employment agreement? How long do we need salary list? And then who should be able to access salary list? Today, 
we have permissions on folders, we don't know what's within the folders. And in many cases, we found that more data is being managed in another folder they never imagined. One of the most interesting events that we've seen is that well, a few of them, one, one was that we find we found pay slips on a server nobody knew had pay slips. In another event, we found contracts that were managed with uh, very wide permissions, not only to read, but also to write. So there's a potential fraud for changing the contract. I think the biggest one that we've seen is that uh, a traded company had the consolidated PNL managed in the wrong Lenity folder instead of the Fanus folder. And that is something that could lend its hand to, to internet trading and some other things. So there could be many dangers the organization just not leave it to because the, the transparency of the data is very low today, and we are changing that. Okay. Um, so what is it specifically about your platform and your service that alters how data is classified and stored and protected? So the way that we work with organizations is that we run an initial discovery of all over the, over all of their data and create an inventory list of all of these business groups, employment agreements, offer letters, and of course, uh, contracts, and research documents and the like. After that we created, we are delegating to the, to the departments and the, the trustees to look at these groups and connect them to their own taxonomies or to the data map. They also help them with the data map. Now with that, after you know what kind of business data you have, so the trust will work either on classifications, is that secret, top secret, and the like, how long we expect to keep this data into the retention, who should be able to access that kind of data, and then what should be the DLP policy. So it's very powerful in the sense that today our transparency into information is, is very limited, but after the discovery is run and the business is assigning the data to the right uh, taxonomy, then the visibility into who can access the data, where the data is going, how long it's kept is complete, and the policy is in sync between business and information security, which is really the biggest challenge today. How do you get organizations to be willing to do this? Is it only after they've had a breach or a problem, or is it are you able to sell the prevention and get them to do it before that? So there's a few reasons to do that. So one of them is to do a discovery in order to better manage your data. Some is done because of GDPR or HIPAA or other or PCI or other regulations. Some is because of a breach. Some has an initiative to do data classification. So, for example, AAP, the Microsoft Azure Information Protection, is becoming fairly popular. But then we have a challenge is that people are expected to classify data on their own. And again, we discussed that that would end up with data being uh classified and really unprotected. So what we help them do is to uh, employ the AAP in very consistent matter because we use artificial intelligence again with the accuracy rate of 99.99, which is very powerful. It means that the chance that something will go wrong will be a false positive is very, very slim. So all of the data is being categorized automatically and assigned the right policy and AAP is being used to tag the data in a very consistent way. And that is very important because otherwise the data will not be classified properly. The organizations expect to encrypt things on that. And if it's not accurate, then business users will lose access to data. And that is a very bad outcome for such a project. So having consistent 
classification is a prerequisite to encrypting data, otherwise the business impact would be challenging. What, what kind of organizations uh, tend to lend themselves to this and which ones are holdouts and don't see the need for this kind of help? So, I was quite surprised. I, I, I was sure that it's only going to be, you know, mostly in healthcare, but a wide variety of organizations, travel organizations, retail organizations, production organizations. Everybody wants to manage the data better because they security, not only making the data more secure and protected, it also helps the organization, also helps the organization to be uh, much more efficient because data becomes much more accessible. Once you map data, you map it from the business perspective, it's not limited to security. So data becomes much more accessible. So the business users can find the data more easily. They can get rid of applications and other versions. So they become more uh, productive and more quick in their workflow. So the benefit is not only limited to security, but also productivity is, is becoming uh, much better. What about um, government organizations? I would think that they would need this more than anyone, that they have stratified levels and classified stuff. How do you uh, work with them? And how do you help them more? You just can't. Well, I can't discuss much about that, but, uh, but obviously they, these, are, these organizations need that more, more than anybody else. Yeah, are you able to work with organizations like that that have uh, you know, different levels of data classification. Um, you know, I know you can't get into the specifics of dealing with governments, but do you do have clients that are governments or government-esque that do use some of your uh, technology? Absolutely. Okay, that's great. Uh, what size of an organization would benefit from this? Does it matter the size? Um, do they need to be of a certain critical size in order for it to be important? So organizations need some sort of... Uh, I would say uh, maturity uh, to benefit from that. And the smallest size uh, had 250 employees. And normally we see them starting from 500 to 1,000 employees and, and going up. Uh, but even if, if it's something like a healthcare or a financial organization, 250 employees are going to significantly benefit from that. Okay, gotcha. So what, what new products or new initiatives are you coming out with in the near future? How is your product mix going to change? How is your approach going to change? So uh, we are now adding a new uh, a new uh, feature to the uh, product, which is called data valuation. I, I touched it a little bit beforehand. Uh, the way that we manage data today is more like a liability rather than an asset. So it's hard for us to understand what is the risk from the, from the data financially, but also what is the contribution of that to the business. By doing data valuation, and that is based on the polygon research that is now coming out, organizations can manage data in a more financial way. So we can quantify the risk financially. What's going to breach specific areas within the business? What's going to happen if somebody breaks into a child? What's going to happen if somebody breaks into finance? What's going to happen if somebody breaks into the COO account? So we can understand what's going to be the potential damage there. We can also have an actual value of, of the bridge. So we can understand that if we lose 12, but we're also going to invest in security, that would go down from 12 to maybe half of that. So we can justify the investment financially. And it's something that is not going to be like dark magic. We try to explain to the CFO why it's going to be better. We can put a dollar value on that and make sure that that's going to work. Uh, that's going to be very clear to the CFO that it's going to be justifiable. And another thing that we are going to do through that is find marketable data, so data that we can find its market value 
and, and uh, be able to, to offer that, to serve that or to benefit on top of that to, to external parties. Well, very good. And what's the, uh, what's the best way for uh, organizations or individuals to contact you? Well, uh, through the website or to, to call a company, but mostly through the website is the offer at info.docauthority.com. That's very easy to contact us or through our partners. Okay, so the best way, just can you say that again, the website and the best ways to contact you? Yes, it's info uh, at docauthority.com or www.docauthority.com. All right, and a quick question. Are you going to be incorporating any uh, AI into your document system, or is it not at that level yet, or does it not need that uh, type of you know computing? So I think that's a very good question. Uh, the core IP or the core engine that runs the application called Business ID, that is uh, a, a very unique artificial intelligence. That is something that took us here to develop. It's something that does not use the algorithms that exist today in the market or even in the academy. It's really a new branch in information science because it addresses the problem in a completely different way. And completely contrary to most or to many IP algorithms that are uh, very wide. This is very narrow. It was designed to solve only this problem. It doesn't solve other problems. It solves only one problem. It's data identification or categorization. It solves that very, very good with the accuracy of 99.99. So definitely IAP, I'm sorry, the, the AI is the core value that, that we have within our application and that's what makes it work so well. Okay. Well, very good. Well, Ariel, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and thank you for your help. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.